going on? Wait a minute. You know what? Holy smokes. This is the bad place. 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 The pig's getting angry. This is the bad place. Beef, 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 beef. Oh, this is the bad place. Michael, Michael, if I'm gone, who will take care of my birds? Michael, no, 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 I, I, I'm pregnant. And it's your baby. I have tickets to Hamilton next week. And there's a rumor that Daffy Diggs is coming back. Janet, we've been through this hundreds of times. I mean, can you just chill out? Is that possible, Janet? Can you just chill out a little? Nope, it's gonna be the same every time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Steven, you're a professional dancer. I want to ask you how that helps or hurts your performance in the arcade game Dance Dance Revolution. Do you go towards it when you're at a Dave & Buster's? Do you avoid it? Is it too much of a cardio-based thing, not really a dance thing? How do you feel about it as a concept? You know, Zach, I think of it as much more of a rhythm game than a dance game. You know, it's like a rhythm and cardio game. Yeah, it's, it's like rock band with your feet. Guitar hero with your toes. Uh, what's what's another one of those? Hatsune Miku's tap, tap, tap uh, with your little flap, flap, flaps. You know what, what I'm saying? That reminds me, wasn't there a rhythm game on the iPhone that was called Tap, Tap something? Do you remember Probably. I think it was Tap, Tap Revolution. Oh, by the same people, I bet they're going to use the Revolution name. I can say, Zach, I haven't played that game in a very, very long time. But I want to give a special shout out if you're listening to uh, when I was like 11. Remember when the putt putt place yes. uh, in our hometown had like Is an that arcade? You're shouting out the putt putt that uh, used to be. In no, our I'm shouting. I went there with my mom one time and mm -hmm. these like teenagers came in and they were very clearly about to go to prom. But instead of, you know, partying or going to a fancy restaurant, they went to the arcade and played like Dance that. Dance Revolution for an hour and a half in their prom gear and shout out to them because they were being authentic to themselves and getting sweaty getting their dance warm up before going to stand against the wall at prom i'm sure well hi everybody welcome to the real what did you say wallet prom stand against the wall at, at prom. prom i heard wallet prom yeah well you didn't go to wallet prom <laughs> <laughs> it's where you're in this dark alley and a bunch of people hold weapons towards you and they're like, give me your wallets or I'm going to make you dance, pretty boy. <laughs> didn't you didn't you go to didn't that you in see high that school? part of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story? <laughs> Everyone, welcome to another week of Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we're very glad you joined us for another week. Steven, we're going to be legally allowed to be in the same room as one another very, very soon, a week from when this comes out. We'll talk about that more in a second. But I think maybe we should actually, this is real me talking to real you through the mm -hmm. facade of podcast me and podcast you. We should go to an arcade bar and play Dance Dance Revolution together. There is an arcade bar very, very, very close to my home. Is it good? Do and they I have, have a lot like of games? A, a shit ton of tokens from having a lot of retro games, but they might have some sort of dance dance situation there. We should go to an arcade bar. That'd be super fun. That'd be super fun. I truly have like a whole cup full of tokens I didn't use last time I went. So I'm stocked up. I think we should maybe actually do that. That sounds, I think that'd be that fun. sounds nice because we were going to do a bar anyway. We should go to like yeah. an activity bar or if you know a good bar that has a pool table. I also really like to play pool. 
But I don't really know if that's a thing in cool, Chicago. So I do not know. There it is, but do you, you have go to go like to a like billiards club to do it. Uh, I don't frequent any billiards club. <laughs> I'm, I'm between billiards clubs at this moment. Zach. <laughs> I'm still trying to find the one that's best for me. Well, I want to start off the program with a group of people that I would love to spend an evening with at a billiards club. Those are our mm-hmm. $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, and Autumn Marsh. Those are four real ones, if I say so myself. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we're killing it with that demographic, you know. Women? Yeah, it's because of our Not really same age range. I think that people love a love story. Sure. And and I can't think of a love story greater than you and I, Zach. Tale as old as time. Dee, 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 dee. So Patreon, I want to talk about the Patreon for a second because we've got a lot going on right now. Firstly, we're doing a new Patreon exclusive rewatch podcast of that 70s show called The Basement. You can hear that every Thursday with any pledge at our Patreon, which starts at $5 Mm -hmm. a month. Also, every week we do before we record this podcast and we've done it for over two years. You can't disappreciate show. We do it every week as a little 30 minute live stream hangout with me and Steven before we go to record the show, whatever things we have to talk about with each other before we record the games that we like to play and coming up. Next Monday, May 15th, is the 100th You Can't Disappree show, which is kind of crazy. That's right. 100 years of recording that together, Zach. I can't believe we finally made it. It only feels like 75. (laughs) So to celebrate the 100th episode of You Can't Disappree show, whether you're a patron or not, we're doing a free live stream 100th episode event where Stephen and I are taking on the 10 sauces and wings Featured on Hot Ones, we're calling it Zach and Steven's Not Ones. We're going to eat the A triple X porn parody. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to come up with questions to surprise each other that we won't share with each other before we do it. And you can watch it with us and see how we handle things like the bomb. How are you feeling about that? Are you nervous at all? Or are you You hyper confident about it? Until we were really going to do this, I was hyper confident. Now I'm a little bit worried. I think that I will be okay for a lot of it. But if Idris Elba, who's a very tough, strong man, would be toppled by some of these and be brought to tears, I don't know how I'm going to fare, Zach. I am feeling pretty confident for sauces like one through six or seven. Wow. Isn't the bomb eight? The bomb and the last two. I think that's going to be I absolutely will not give up, even though I think the option is probably on the table because that's how hot ones works. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up, but I think those last three are going to be where I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, it's going to get rough, I'm sure. But I'm excited. I'm excited to go through that with you, Zach. We've been through several ups and downs, and I think this is going to be one of those. So Steven and I are going to be together for that. It's going to be live streamed free. Wherever you follow us, keep an eye on it to find out more information, to get the link for the live stream or, or to see it pop up in your feed when it happens. Next Monday, May 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're taking on the 10 Hot Ones win. Sharp. And also, if you are a patron, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast before and after that, we're going to do two things that on their own are going to be the biggest episodes of you can't disappoint show we've had so far before our hot ones are not ones, if you will, we're going to be blind taste testing eight colas and seeing if we can differentiate between them. We're going to be blindfolding each other for part of it. It's going to be really fun only on the Patreon and after 
our not ones, our partners, Danny and Lil, will be joining us for a round of the Hot Ones card game, Truth or Dab. So after we're already in a lot of gastrointestinal pain, Mm -hmm. we're going to keep it going by eating spoonfuls of the last dab while we play a game with our partners. Going to be a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint podcast. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye, consume, bye, 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 bye. Media. Steven, Come how on. are you? How's your week been? It's been up and down. I was feeling a little sick last week at the end of the week, but I'm doing significantly better now. So happy to be on the other end of it. And I am always happy to be on the other end of you, whether it's <laughs> via Zoom or in person. So you didn't how really do you? much. You've been sick all week. Well, I I did this weekend go to visit. I actually was was in your neck of the woods, Zach, for a brief brief period of time. I was actually in your home. I was hanging out with your cats for a while. And as usual, my phone did not make a peep. It did not. Not one buzz. What did you do? uh, See some family or? No, I went to, uh, it was a a, a good friend of mine's birthday last week during the week. And so a few of us got together this weekend to to engage in some debauchery. And I got to see a dog that I uh, used to live with for a long time. And I got to see him for the first time in like a few years. And he was really excited. I was excited. We got to bond and roughhouse a little. It was great. It sounds like it would have been a really fun time. I mean, I don't I don't think I don't think I was doing anything whatever night that was. I don't need to know which night it was. I wasn't doing anything. It's OK. Um, so next next been, time, I'll, uh, next time been... you should come down. I didn't. Why didn't you show up? <laughs> I've had a fun week. I saw Hamilton. Zach, how was your week? Lil, it was great. Lil and I saw you Hamilton can edit that together. in. So we had. Like so it you. sounds like you care. We had fourth row seats to see Hamilton and it was really incredible. It was so cool to see it up that close. Uh, This time I really enjoyed watching like their set is really simple, but because of there not being a lot of set changes in the show, it's very detailed. So it was fun to look at the detail of the set that close. I also love the way that they use the ensemble in that Mm -hmm. show, how they all play different parts and how they use the ensemble it's not traditional like the the town they're not people. just backgrounds yeah sometimes they're the bullets sometimes they're the transferring of letters from hamilton to burr like one person at a time handing papers to each other that's a really it was, smart it really cool to watch it that scene. close yeah mm-hmm. and on a whim because it's a whole story we talked about it on this week's pre-show if you want to hear it for real but lil and i were a few minutes late to the show which makes me really sad because i am not that type of person and it was because of things zach is not that type of girl (laughs) it was because of things mostly out of my control like just the the hubbub around hamilton coming to town we saw it on their first night i guess so on a whim i entered the hamilton lottery which if you don't know is they do this for every show everywhere Hamilton performs every day. Anybody can enter for free using the Hamilton app. Like I live in Indiana and I could enter the New York lottery any day if I wanted to. And if you win, you can see Hamilton ham for ham. You can see Hamilton for a Hamilton, $10. And now I I have a question, Zach. Now is this kind of a chocolate factory situation where like you win the lottery, you bring your old grandpa out of the bed and you go to Lin-Manuel Miranda's house? If you do it right, you get Hamilton. You get (laughs) to have Hamilton at the end. You get nothing, Lin-Manuel yells at you if if you're tempted by the chocolate fountain on stage. 
But if I won the Hamilton lottery over the years. I've entered it a ton of times when I was broke and living on my own. And it was in Chicago for a long time. I used to every day enter the Hamilton mm-hmm. lottery. And if I won, I didn't have anything to do or anybody who gave a shit about me. I would drive to Chicago and go see Hamilton. And I did that every day for like a year and I never won. And I did win for one of the Indianapolis shows. So I'm seeing it a second time the day after tomorrow. That's incredible. Now, this time, are you going to like heckle? Yeah, I, I'm hoping like when everyone's cheering during the immigrants, we get the job done part. Just boo as loud as you can. I'm or just, just going to yell like... really loudly. Counterpoint, counterpoint. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> that'd be great. OK, or so... come in costume and like then get on stage. You know the yeah. show at well at this point. Yeah, I could hop on stage. Oh, be one, two, glove. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's gonna be me the day after tomorrow. I've actually had this thought because sometimes your brain just comes up with the most inappropriate thing. Yeah. What do you think happens if someone hops on stage at a Broadway show somehow? What happens? Security tackles them, show stops. Or does the show continue for a second because Here's, they're good actors? I think it goes one of two ways. Yes. If it's like somebody who gets on stage and isn't being like aggressive or violent or anything, they're they just like, they go up there and start singing. They let them play. They probably like are really pissed about it, but will play it off in a way because they're professionals. If you're at that level of a production, you should be expected to roll the punches a little bit as they try and get the person off stage. Especially a show like Hamilton that runs like clockwork, like everything's constantly moving and set to a song and there's no time for a pause. Mm -hmm. What would be most awkward if it's a a play that has dialogue and it happens during a moment of just people speaking to one another? I think that would be so awkward to Mm -hmm. to not react to it. I don't know what I'd do. And I wonder if that's something that's ever happened on the Broadway level. It has to have before. Broadway's been around so long. They've been serving alcohol at these events for so many years people get so drunk at these things the bars make so much money i like to get a drink when i go to the show but if i get more than a slight teeny tiny buzz i'm gonna be like uncomfortable the whole three hour show i don't want to sit there you know what I mean? it's gonna be hard for you not to yell a slur for that long after you've had some alcohol yeah (laughs) you know how hard (laughs) it was to yell um they were all white during hamilton At best, Hamilton had some Caribbean influence, but we're not going to go that far. Let's talk about The Good Place. A Let's really do it. Incredible, exceptional episode of The Good Place that we're here to talk about today. It's chapter 16 of The Good Place. This episode is called Dance Dance Resolution, an episode that I remember watching it for the first time when it aired and, and going on the roller coaster that they take us on in this episode very, very well. Yeah. And watching it again took me right back to that moment. Same here. I, I remember being absolutely floored the first time I saw it and I was floored the second time I saw it and I was mm-hmm. floored this time through too. I think it's such a well done episode. Everybody every behind angle. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it's it's great. It's it's near perfect. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this now. I've been excited for this episode for a while. This episode was directed by Drew Goddard, who previously directed the first episode of The Good Place, Everything is Fine. And after this, directs both parts of the season four premiere, A Girl from Arizona. So that's Drew Goddard. This episode was written by a name that should be familiar at this point, Megan Amram. 
mm-hmm. who previously wrote our favorite episode of season one, The Eternal Shriek, and co-wrote Mindy St. Clair with Jen Statsky. And in the future of the show, Megan co-writes the episode The Burrito with Joe Mandy, and on her own writes the episode Jeremy Baramy, co-writes Pandemonium with Jen Statsky, and writes on her own the episode Patty, which is the episode before last of the show. Man, we got to catch that magic panda. Creative name. (laughs) We're going to catch that magic panda. (laughs) This episode originally aired on September 28th, 2017. And it's time for our newest segment to talk about what movie and what album were number one on September 28th, 2017. Let's start with the movie. Uh, Let's see. 2017. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Give me a hint. Hit me with it. It's an action comedy sequel that may be a little regal. Regal. Okay, see, I was thinking that it was going to be, what was the Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart movie? I don't know. (laughs) They were like, one of them was in like the CIA or something. Is it The Kingsman 2? It is. Do you remember what it was? Kingsman. Not Golden Compass. It's the one Kingsman. The Golden Circle. That's correct. The number one movie, September 28th. It's a good movie. I've seen it several times. The Golden Circle. Uh, the number one album, I don't know how hip you are to this band. I'm sure you've at least heard of them. It's a band. It's an album by a band that recently put out new music for the first time in a long time. Their front man is kind of iconic in like a David Byrne talking heads weirdo kind of way. Oh, and is it Radiohead? No, Radiohead was in the top no, album in 2017. Most recently, they did a song for that movie White Noise with Adam Driver that kind of turned me on to them. I don't know if you're going to get this one or if I have a better hint for you than this. The Verve. Uh, LCD Sound System. I am not an LCD sound system fan. I think they're fine. I haven't gotten too deep in them, but they had the number one album this week. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Now it's time to dip our toe into this episode, Dance Dance Resolution, by finding out if Steven is up to the task for this very iconic episode. Uh Uh-oh. In a segment that I love very dearly. Everyone, you know it. You love it. It's time to find out, did Steven watch the episode episode this week? Crikey, damn it. That was supposed to be Australian. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be wow. Vicky's version of Australian, which was in fact not Australian. Down under. Down, down under. But it's funny. I'm sure it's supposed to be a bad Australian accent, but I feel like that's also as good as the actor could do. So it works. Yeah. On front. So it's it's. It's dead on. Steven, 20 seconds on the clock. This is a big mm-hmm. episode full of a lot of details. But as always, the challenge will lie. Are you going to get lost in the details? Probably. Or are you going to be able to tell us the arc of this episode? You know, Zach, I'm confident. I think I can give you the arc this week. I'm going to give you that nice curve that you like. Last week was a D plus. So I'm rooting for you to at least improve upon that. We're rooting for you. We we're all rooting for you. Do you know that reference, Zach? No. Ooh, America's Next Top Model. (laughs) I thought it was going to be something I was more ashamed of not getting. (laughs) No. I'm okay with that one. 20 (laughs) seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Counting down. Three, two, one, go. It's attempt number two, and everything's going fine, but then guess what? Eleanor figures it out again and again and again for like 800 attempts. She keeps getting it or Jason one time. Michael tries different things, but no matter what, Eleanor always figures out that it's the bad place. This time around, Eleanor and Chidi overhear demons saying bad things. They go see Mindy Sinclair and find out they've been there a bunch of times and that they love each other. 
I got nothing about the demons kind of striking a coup against Michael. Didn't say that at all. That's a pretty important subplot. So that yeah, did not points. mention a thing about Michael. That last three seconds of auctioneer Steven got you farther. <laughs> and I liked what you did setting it up. It was just that there's only there's so, so much. much. Time. I liked what you did. I think we're talking a B. Uh, wow, I'll take it. Thank you, Zachary. Because I think if you had gotten just a couple words about mm-hmm. Vicky is staging a coup against Michael and is going to take over unless he does what they want, that would have gotten you to like an A minus yeah. or an A. So I think it's going to be a B. Well, thank you, buddy. I I I respectfully accept your gracious. Doesn't matter if you do or not. You get it. Score. You get what you get, and you sometimes still throw a fit. Every once in a while, I like to throw a fit. Let's do some trivia. I think I've got six questions for you this week. Zach, I took a page out of your book and I went a little crazy with the questions. I've got 11 for you this week. Oh, wow. Mm. So give me two. Okay. What does Michael... Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I I forgive you. Just strike it. (laughs) Ibrahimovic, please. Can you cut that? I'm going to need that one more time in case the name continues throughout the podcast. Ibrahimovic. One more time. E. E. Bro. Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic, yes. Ibrahimovic. Is that a first name? Is that a last it's name? It's just some single moniker like Prince. Okay, I'm sorry, Ibrahimovic. Uh, it's been tough because we go through these employees so quickly that I don't know. I call him EBGBs for short, but he does Ibra- not like it. Ibrahimovic. What did mm-hmm. what, what was the... You ask a question. <laughs> Who does Michael believe he'll be next to in the Bad Place Hall of Fame? The guy who invented bees for teeth. You said weird words, but yes. How? What? Bees with teeth, not bees with for teeth. teeth. I actually then kind of got it wrong because I had in my mind's eye a human being with bees for teeth. That'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. Give me one more. Why does Tahani need her sashes custom made? Because of her height and ample bosom. Mm-hmm. Her bosom size. Yeah, bosom. It's sure. a fun word. Your turn, Zach. What does Eleanor's soulmate prepare for her in attempt 11? Big moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like running through the scene in my head to try and figure out the exact words. Oh, no, that's not attempt 11 because it's still Chris Baker. You're I so wrong. It's Eleanor. It's the three hour jazz opera. That's not attempt 11. That is attempt 11. Are you I sure promise? about that? It comes pretty far in the episode. The screen. It's it not comes... that far in the episode. It's like two or three minutes into it. You're I am not dicking you because the part of the episode where it becomes the current rendition that stays the rest of the episode is like eight or nine minutes into it. Like they 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 the cut episode. that. They like finish that whole thing that's like ten minutes early. in the episode. You only see Chris Baker once in the beginning. That's true. Yeah, and that's really okay. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. I was uh, okay on day three. What names does Eleanor call Janet? Busty Alexa is the one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Slate robot slave lady. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. There's one more that I believe they, you, it, but that I, I told you already that. I, I, listen, I'm going to walk you there. I'm going to okay. walk you there. It's it's one that's very obvious and easy. <laughs> Come on, Zach. That didn't walk throw... me there. That just made me feel worse about myself. No, 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 no. no. You're thinking too hard. I'm not thinking. <laughs> I'm done. I've been done with this one. So for she a goes while. robot slave lady, uh-huh. busty Alexa. And then on the third try, you're saying that she says her real name, Janet. Hey, but that's dumb. That shouldn't have been part of the question. Well, that's what she calls her, Zach. 
Well, I dis- agree to disagree. I'm mm. going to go ahead and give you my next one. Yeah, what I don't want to are... steal it. What are all? I don't want to take it. So go ahead and ask away. You don't want to take it. That's not what you said uh, when we were Snapchatting about our upcoming <laughs> Chicago trip. <laughs> you said you said quite the opposite. What are all the names in Eleanor's soulmate montage? Ah, damn you! Oh, three it's of the black them guy first. Very easy. Yeah, don't care black about guy order f- unless you want to do order. Okay, then I'm gonna go ahead and get um, Glenn mm-hmm. out of the way. I'm gonna get like fleb uh or fleck no lemk you're close it's a weird lemk let's come back to lemp lymph lemic what about uh tahani Mm -hmm. demarcus i want to say is the black guy racist name for you uh jamal there's one more that should be really easy michael jordan Are, are we to the point where you're just gonna keep saying nonsense until i stop you lil wayne Okay, the black guy's name was Greg. Greg, okay. <laughs> Glenn, Tahani, Lurf. Lurf. And a golden retriever. I'm a amazed you didn't retriever. get that one. Yeah, didn't say that one. And how many days did attempt three last, Zach? That's where we start the episode. A couple days. I don't, this is a hard question to me. I'm going to guess just like three. 128 was oh, wow. attempt okay. number three. Sure. Attempt number three went much better than two. What are the names of the restaurants in the on a stick universe? Hot dog on a stick on a stick. Stick mm-hmm. stick on me and dog <laughs> stick. They're all things on a stick thing followed by on a stick. Um, pretzel on a stick. Nope. Um, stick mm-hmm. and poke on a stick. Pigs in a blanket on a stick. Nope. Uh, We've got steak on a stick with extra sticks. Nice. And bagel on a stick. Well done. I didn't have time to to read in my peripherals. I would take the stick, the bagel off the stick and then just eat the bagel. No, you got to keep it on there. Okay. How long was Sebastian's spoken word jazz opera? That was my first question. Three hours was part of that. It was three hours. Yeah, it was. I'll give you my next one. You'll get half of this you know, but maybe one of them you, you don't. You don't know what I know and don't uh, know. Which attempt was Glenn, Eleanor's soulmate? No clue. <laughs> and then part two, who was shown as her next Tahani. soulmate? Tahani. It was after Glenn. Ibrahimovic, give him half credit. You know what I knew and didn't know. Yeah. Did. Um, and it was attempt 146. Sure. Who did Tahani tell Eleanor is her best friend? Taylor Swift. Yes. But, well, she's Taylor Swift's best friend, right. but Taylor but Swift no, is she's not she her sucks. best friend. Yeah. That's what Eleanor says. Mm-hmm. Where is Michael gaining weight? In his belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, in his thighs. Look at my thighs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How many demons are there in the neighborhood? 300. Uh, sorry, that's, that's one of my questions. Okay, 300. Kind of. I word it differently, but 300. I'm going to show you without looking. Is it 18? Yes. Nice. What day does Jason figure out that they're in the bad place in that attempt? 42? 55. Okay. Your turn if you have any more. I just have one more. What was Jason's plan from one of the previous Mindy visits? I have to remember the wording. It's we had to catch that magic panda and like take his powers or something like that. Steal her powers, but I'll give her powers. I'll give a full point for that. And then I had how many demons listed demands. I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to rapid fire my last two to you. 
How many times have Eleanor and Chidi been to Mindy's house? This was number 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and which time did Mindy record Eleanor and Chidi confessing their love? Which time? Yeah, what visit was it? She does. I don't say. remember that, but what I will say as a counterpoint to prove that I do remember some things was that they had sex like 20 times over eight different days, mm-hmm. and they only said this to each other the one time. But yes, I don't remember. And this was on the sixth visit. Mm. Well, that's our trivia. You did a really good job, Zach. You did pretty well, too. Let's move on into talking about the episode. We've already kind of given it away how important and great this episode is. How it, I don't know, you you have the feeling going into this season of how many times can they keep doing this? How many times mm-hmm. can they reboot it? And how many times are they going to figure it out? And what are they going to do next? And this episode, like, takes that worry and, like, does it and then rips it up for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we can do it over and over and over again. And they will keep figuring it out every single time. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do with that? Uh, leading up to... If I'm going to say anything about the episode as a rewatch, the ending isn't so out of left field that it's a surprise. The sure. Michael ending. But, but the first watching time it, it the first was. time. Shocking. Michael's so villainous in the season so far. Yeah. So you do feel like he hates them so much. Why would he team up with them? Yeah, I think that the episode is, is crafted really intelligently. I Very love the roles that each character play in this episode. The only one who gets shorted a little bit is Tahani. Tahani. Mm-hmm. But while she's in the episode, I think she's great and, and stands out quite a bit. I just think that we have been comparing it a little bit off pod to an one of, of our favorite episodes of Community, Paradigms of Human Memory, because it's like a clip show episode. But and a kind of clip show made up of things we've never seen before. Which kind of this episode feels like a little bit, even if it is more narrative than a clip show. It -hmm. is a collection of very fast moments that have happened that we didn't see happen. Yeah, and I think they do a great job of totally just shredding the the illusion that this season is going to be another attempt. They pretty quickly are like, okay, well, now it's attempt three. This is going better. Oh, shit. Now this one's fucked. Doesn't matter. They're all fucked. Then they just zoom and they show how many times. And I think that they reemphasize the amount of time that's passed at one point later on in the episode that I think is done in a very powerful way. That when we get there, I'm excited to talk about. But yeah, I love the episode. Let's try to take this pretzel of an episode and see if we mm-hmm. can untie it until it's just one long rope of pretzel. The episode starts with a visual that we see a lot, which is Michael pressing record on like a tape recorder, like a really cool old looking tape recorder Hmm. and starting his notes log for attempt three of the neighborhood. He is still confident, but you know that he is shaken a little bit because he's saying things like, I hope, I assume this is the final one, but then no, he reassures himself, this will be the final one. He knows it. He's going to be a Hall of Famer for this one. Like the the bees with teeth. Is that what it was? Bees, bees with, with teeth. teeth. Not yeah. bees for teeth. But the guy who <laughs> created bees with teeth. That guy's a Hall of Famer. And Michael's going to be right next to him. So again, for who knows at this point how many times for us, Eleanor wakes up. She's told she's dead. She meets her soulmate, Chris. I love the the certain lines that we get that Eleanor says every time, regardless of situation. Mm-hmm. When she met her soulmate, Chidi, she says, bring it in, man. And she says the same thing here to Chris that she's meeting again. Mm-hmm. Cut to the welcome party. Tahani's questioning the sash that Eleanor is wearing in a very funny moment. Um, I must ask, why are you wearing a sash that says best person on it? Apparently, I am the number one points getter in the entire neighborhood. Is that so? 
I always have to have my sashes custom made due to my height and bosom size. Also, apparently, sashes are out this season. The diagonal line really draws one's eye to the chin bloat. <laughs> so Eleanor calls her a mean giraffe, which mm -hmm. and I'm sure Michael was really excited about this. He finally gets his chaos sequence he's been talking about. It involves mean giraffes and Michael saying very plainly, mean giraffes are destroying the neighborhood. Yeah. And Eleanor has her, oh, fork, what am I going to do here? Cut to Which her. I really love the setup for attempt three. I think that in an alternate world, that would have been a great first episode of the show. It happens so that. fast, but it happens so specifically. All of the things that lead to the thing are shown to us in seconds. Well, and I think the good place trusts its audience to be especially with this episode at this point yeah you're right because they, it's assumed that we remember everything that happened in the attempt one and that we understand that michael has an extremely thought out point by point plan that lasts thousands of years and, and even to go macro from that they're assuming that you've watched the show before that you're yeah. up to date with the show this is not an episode that you can see not having seen any other episodes no, of the show. No, you, you would really need to have seen everything before it for all mm -hmm. of the details in this episode to pull off. And I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand times more. This was a weekly show on NBC. People yeah. were just tuning in to hear, to see what they, this show that they keep hearing about is cool. I'm sure this confused and confounded people that were not as up to date as we were at the time. And that's Especially because, so I mean, you great. remember Zach being in the world of weekly television before mm -hmm. streaming was a thing and even yeah. go to when you were younger pre pirating. Yes. And you would sometimes your mom would put on a show that was season two, episode mm -hmm. six, and that'd be what you watch. And you're like, ah, this is fun. But you couldn't do that with the good place. No. If you jumped in the middle, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? And even if you have seen any of it, it's still kind of a what the fuck is going on moment, but in a yeah. good way, in a really rewarding way. So the chaos sequences happen and Eleanor sneaks off to her house and asks Janet for help, the busty Alexa. And in this version, she doesn't, in, in the original version, she runs into Chidi first before deciding I need to be a better person. In this version, the already kind of evolved Eleanor knows to ask how, even if she's still doing it in the, how can I pretend to be a better person? She's still mm -hmm. like, like lying. But her first thought is I need to learn how to be better so I can stop stuff like this from happening, which yeah. is good. That's character development. It could be frustrating that these characters that we care about and know about can be erased and back to square one. But what I'm noticing this time is even when they are erased and put back to square one, their cosmic soul and body has gone through this before and is taking things from the previous ones yeah. to the next one, much like Janet rebooting. And now I'm having this idea that I think the writers probably explained the idea of Janet changing with every reboot in season one so that now we notice things like this in season two as our humans are rebooted and learn new things. And Absolutely. that's genius. That's I, so I think well it's so out. smart. And they set up in this episode, one of the biggest emotional payoffs of the show that I think happens in season three. Yeah, I know what you're because, talking about, I think. Yeah, I think the fact that they have the and I'm jumping a little bit ahead here. This episode's hard not to. But the the fact that they have Chidi and Eleanor, the ones that we have at the end of the episode, were only a couple days into this attempt. Yeah. And I think that's really important 
for the story. And it's something that I don't know that I would have had the thought to do it this way versus having it be a 500 day attempt where it's this one, where they have been around each other. They know everyone. Chidi doesn't even know that Jason is Jason in this attempt until Eleanor tells him, you know, on the the train. Right. Yeah. And Tahani, she's like, I don't know. She's like, I I, know. But I know. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Eleanor says to Janet, is one of these nerds like a teacher or life coach or Instagram fitness model or something? (laughs) Hewing Janet, who is often the person who is now putting these humans together or not a person, but Janet's the one putting these humans together. And she introduces Eleanor to Chidi. I love how in most of the versions we see in this episode, Eleanor is instantly like, well, it's not that guy. Who else you got? Yeah. (laughs) And this one, she thinks Chibi. She says Chibi is way too big a nerd and leaves. Cut to, and this is all still before the opening title blur Mm -hmm. in the episode. Cut to day 128 of this version of version three. I love how meta and silly the obelisk thing is. Yeah. That they're just making up something that could have happened in the first season of The Good Place Mm -hmm. as one of the obstacles they have to get through. They're kind of making fun of the stuff that they did in the first season by having Michael be like, okay, now there's this obelisk and one of you has to Somebody's got to get in it. It's really funny, I think. It's one of my favorite jokes of the whole episode. Just this unexplained obelisk with ancient writings all over it, I think is so funny. And they're all arguing. I know you don't watch with subtitles, so I don't know how well you're able to hear this piece. But when Chidi like volunteers to go with that part, mm-hmm. Eleanor's like, no, of course not. And Tahani's like, no. And Jason's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this one, they're arguing and Jason has his line about I'm too young to die, which is funny <laughs> on its own and too old to order from the kids menu. I'm yeah. such an awful age. <laughs> Tahani thinks Eleanor's pear shape would help her fit into the obelisk better, which is really funny. <laughs> You wish you could have a bite of this pair. Yeah. So they're all arguing and Eleanor has her epic moment at the beginning of this episode. Again, she figures <laughs> it out. This is the bad place. Michael laughs and just says, off oh, farts. Cut to the theme song sequence, which is just a beautiful way to start the episode. Easily the best cold open of the show so far. Yeah. We skip a couple attempts and now it's attempt 11 is what's happening here after the opening sequence. Michael is talking to himself in his office again, focusing on what always goes right, what he can count on to go right this time. What do you remember? Eleanor hates her house. Yes. Tahani Tahani hates hates Eleanor. Eleanor. Jason hates being quiet and Chidi immediately gets a stomach ache. Right, right. And he has that to count on. In this Mm -hmm. version on day three, Eleanor passes down. Chidi is helping her again. But later on, we cut to Chidi teaching Eleanor Tahani and Jason ethics. So Mm -hmm. even though Eleanor passes up Chidi, we don't need to see that eventually they get together as a group. We just get to that because, of course, they do. It's going to happen no matter how you shuffle the cards. finds a way. (laughs) Exactly. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. You get it. Why didn't Michael ever do dinosaurs? It'd be good torture. Eleanor has to leave the class for a surprise from her soulmate, Sebastian. And did yours have this little scene where she talks about how he's growing on her? Yeah. And Tahani says, are you going to hit that? Or Jason says, are you going to hit that? And she's like, oh, they didn't do that. Are you going to hit that? She's like, he's growing on me. And then they're like, oh, wow, nice. And then it cuts right to the. Does it show the moment of Chidi being upset? Yes, it and does being show flustered that. and walking off and being like, uh, this it makes shows she like kind of like making a face. Yeah, but it doesn't have him actually walking off. Ooh. Yeah, this little scene's extended and it gives us a little bit more of that here. And we cut to my love, my sweet dude drop. 
<laughs> the three-hour spoken word jazz opera from Sebastian Begins, which is a just a funny non sequitur on its own, especially when you see that Michael's playing the bass and Janet's yeah. playing the drums and Vicky has hey, the daddy triangle. <laughs> but it's also funny because it's a callback to Eleanor explaining in a previous attempt, the first attempt, how much she hates jazz. Yeah. So this awful thing being presented as a cute thing from a soulmate would be perfect torture but in yeah. this version that's all eleanor needs to see to be she's like, like no version of heaven would have yeah. this yeah very true vicky's <laughs> i didn't even get to play my triangle <laughs> and michael's line that was a real trip for biscuits and now we're all wet daddy-o <laughs> I love that version. It's so good. It's one of the paradigms of human memory community moments where because we're seeing so many versions of the same thing happen, anything can happen. And this is one of the times where they just go with something really weird. Mm -hmm. We also get a lot of versions of Michael walking up to Janet's button and being yelled at not to reboot Janet. So in this moment, Michael has to press the button and reboot Janet. And this one, Janet yells, Michael, you monster. (laughs) Very quickly, we see cuts of a bunch of attempts we see number 32 number 57 number 99 and number 108 and in one of them michael is talking about the bad place and eleanor just lets herself in and is like sorry the door was open so i just came in did you just say i'm in the bad place (laughs) so then 109 i've closed and locked the door (laughs) and that cuts off the montage of a a lot more versions, a montage yeah. of Eleanor's different soulmates, a montage of Eleanor's different holy smokes, this is the bad place <laughs> moments, which is so funny. I like the one where she has like a shit ton of balloons and, and is standing surrounded by cacti. It's great. This is the bad place. This is the bad place. I like Chidi in the background of these moments. The pigs getting angry. The pigs getting angry. <laughs> and then bees, 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 bees. <laughs> Those moments are both really funny. A montage also of every time that this happens again, Janet has to be rebooted and murdered and grows more. And some of the funny Janet lines were, Michael, no, I'm pregnant and it's your baby. And then very <laughs> topical when she says, I have tickets to Hamilton this week. And there's know, a rumor great. David Diggs is coming back. <laughs> was that in your episode? The David Yeah, Diggs that was. Part? Really funny. Such a specific pop culture reference that I think is so funny. Yeah. Michael says, can you just like chill out? Can't you just calm down? <laughs> like and, I've done this so many times. But one of the most telling lines of the episode is Janet saying, nope, it's going to be the same every, every time. time. And Michael says, I know. I know. It is. <laughs> Another pre-orientation. All the demons are gathered, but they just talk over each other now. They're not willing to quiet down to hear their fearless leader, Michael, talk because they don't see him that way anymore. And in this little moment, it kind of kicks off the subplot that you didn't get to earlier, where Glenn and Vicky kind of give each other a little smirk that they've got a plan. Something's a brewing between the demons. And I really like that angle of the episode. Yeah. That it thinks about all of the people and beings that are involved in the situation and how doing this over 100 times is going to feel for each of these people. Well, because our main four gets rebooted, so they don't feel like they've been there forever. Michael is going through it, but the demons do. But at the same they've time, been I think the humans, without knowing they've gone through it all these times, their body, it like feel all everything just happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like without them knowing something in them does know that they've done it so many times. Mm. I don't know. So Michael back in his office in this one, he's drunk and he's chubby and he's he's got stubble. They said in the audio commentary for this episode that that's fake stubble. And I thought it looked like really it looked really real. I thought it was stubble. real. I thought it was real too. 
Michael's chubby and he's fucking it up and he's already messing up this attempt because we pan over <laughs> that he's been explaining what's going wrong. Ugh. So sorry, who are you? And where am I? It doesn't matter. This one doesn't even count. Different food pun splash. Each reboot of the neighborhood has a different, mm -hmm. increasingly lazy food pun. That's where we get the stick on a stick one. Do you remember what any of the other ones were? I think Kanish's might have been one there of them. There was a Kanish. There was a different bagel thing other than the bagel and the stick, I think. And as always, Eleanor is introduced to Chidi by Janet. And in this one, later on, we cut to the humans arguing about Michael and Jason's the one to figure it out. Jason? <laughs> but before that, one of the reasons Jason knows it's the bad place is because none of the TVs get the NFL Red Zone channel. It's true. Do you know what NFL Red Zone is, Zach? Well, if you I had to guess. I mean, I do know that there are so many sports events that are televised and so few of them are actually televised for free on the main networks so if you want to see everything there are all kinds of pay-per-view channels that you have to subscribe to to see every game i imagine maybe the nfl red zone is a pay-per-view commentator channel it's a fair guess do you know what the red zone is in football no so nfl red <laughs> zone is a pay-per-view, like you're saying, where yeah. you can see every game, but you do not get to watch the games in their entirety. It only cuts to games where there's a team in the red zone, which means you're within 20 yards of the So none the of it's live. Zone. It's like a compilation channel. It's live. But they it's only just show that only moment show that moment. So there's it's it was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason loved it. Jason loves it. Jason figured it out. Oh, this is a real low point. This one hurts. And the way Ted <laughs> Danson acts out like it gives him indigestion or something that Jason yeah. figured out is so perfect. <laughs> I love that scene, Janet's face, because she's just standing there, like not really paying <laughs> not attention, face. but a little bit confused. And it's great. If anything's missing from this episode, which is so stuffed that it's not missing anything. Mm hmm. A montage of the different times Jason and Janet find their way to each that other. That would be would cute. Nice. Now we're on attempt number 802. This is actually the moment in the episode that takes over. And from the rest of mm -hmm. this time forward, it's attempt number 802. Michael's saying this one might be the one. We're a few days into it. Everything seems to be working so far. But then he shows up to a meeting with the demons and nobody has shown up. He's totally lost his troop. And Vicky is the only one there and tells Michael that they're going on strike. I love it. Yeah. I think that's such a smart idea. Yeah. No one's doing anything until Michael follows their commands. Um, a lot of the, the the demons have specific commands, and there's a lot of them. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the line Each and here, every one of them, all yeah, 318, yeah. has a demand. The line here is, Michael's worried about the humans because this this one's going well, so he needs his troop to help it mm -hmm. go. And, and Vicky gives reasons why they'll all be distracted until they're needed for at least an hour and says that Jason just found a rock that looks like Diplo, so he'll be occupied for the next hour. <laughs> It's day two of their ethics lessons. So not day two of the experiment, but day mm -hmm. two of them teaching each other. Chidi is teaching Eleanor and he's already noticing that Eleanor is kind of tuning him out. And so they take a break. They're going to go for a walk and get some clam chowder. 
Mm -hmm. The image of Chidi with a mug like scooping clam chowder out of a fountain makes me want to throw up. And, and I, he, I fuck with clam chowder. But he that's like blows on it to cool yeah. it down a little bit. That was a good touch from William Jackson Harper, the blowing mm -hmm. on it. And the way that the chowder fountain bubbles and the noises Ugh. that it makes, it's a really funny thing. Like, yeah, let's go get some chowder. And that's such an obvious bad place giveaway. Yeah. There's a clam chowder fountain. Gross. <laughs> That's so nasty. Both of Eleanor's digs at clam chowder are funny. First, she says it's a savory latte with bugs in it. Ugh. In this moment, though, while they're chatting over clam chowder, because there aren't many people checking on the humans and what mm -hmm. they're doing, they're supposed to be distracted. They catch Glenn, another demon, and then Todd, the lava monster, smoking cigars and talking <laughs> about what's going on and about torture, totally giving it away. Fun fact is that Todd, the lava monster, is voiced by Joe Mandy, who at this point is a writer on the show and in the fourth season is one of the new humans. Oh, cool. Yeah. I really like after they catch this when Chi and Eleanor are running away and she's just going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What should I do? Should I panic or should I freak? I usually panic, but I am happy to freak. <laughs> I don't know if that was in my episode. That's really funny. It was really funny. Did it have Eleanor talking about the thing that her mom always said to her? Yes. He's like, your mom always said that? If a cop handcuffs you to a bike rack, there's always something that you can gnaw through. Your mom always says that? That's <laughs> really funny. Eleanor summons Janet. They have a little moment where they're like, well, I don't know if we can trust Janet. Is she with them or is she with us? But Eleanor mm. jumps off that cliff and trusts Janet and asks her to take them somewhere away from the neighborhood. And of course, us that have seen all the episodes of the show before this know what that means, where they're going yeah. and what's going to come next, which is great. On the train, Chidi knows he's in the bad place for almond milk, as always, which is really funny. so freaking funny. The, the weird film it leaves on his mouth. He just loves it so much. Eleanor, it is uh, one of the angles that you were talking about in the end of the episode where they don't know all of the things that all of the cheese mm -hmm. and Eleanor's have known. They don't know for sure that Jason and Tahani are the other humans, but they're kind of talking about the possibilities. Eleanor mm -hmm. thinks that Jason is one of them too, because he's not really a monk and gives that away to Chidi. And maybe Tahani is too, because she's mean and lied about, or didn't lie about, but, but embellished being Taylor Swift's best friend. Chidi can't believe that the two of them ended up in the same place, which if I was Chidi, I would probably think the same thing. <laughs> which is a little rude of Chidi to say, but, but it's kind of true because mm -hmm. Chidi is in a different category than Eleanor when they yeah. start off. Usually I like how Janet breaks the tension with we're here. Aren't trains neat. Choo choo choo. <laughs> what do you think about the reintroduction and the usage of Mindy in this episode? I love it. I love that they do a really smart way of showing how much time has passed because Mindy now has like a fully like flourishing garden with like trees that have grown. Good. Yeah, she does. I think that's like a really clever, subtle touch that you wouldn't necessarily catch per se. It's like, ah, oh, it's Mindy's house. But the seeing last it enough time we times, saw it, it was empty. Yeah. Yeah. And and her saying, did you bring the cocaine? I think that's really funny. I love this whole sequence. I love the introduction of Mindy. And I think it's really funny when even though it annoys Chidi, her knowing exactly what they're going to say because yeah. she's been through this and that their character is integrally the same. Yeah, they're the same people. They've gone through these experiences, but they're still the same people. So they're going to react the same way to the same information. I think it's really funny. I always like when the show reminds us that there are certain things in this universe that are static that cannot mm -hmm. be manipulated by Michael. So 
Mindy time has been passing normally as these 800 attempts have gone on. And it's just cool when those two sides interact with each other. Mm -hmm. The people that are, it's kind of like when you're on acid, the people that are stuck <laughs> in the time loop versus yeah. the person who's just hanging out at their just house. existing. They arrive at Mindy's and yeah, this is the 15th time they've been there. And that really surprises them because they don't know how many times they've been rebooted. They yeah. think this is the first time and we're figuring everything out. <laughs> they did not bring mama her medicine. <laughs> mama needs her medicine. You think I can snort a crushed up aspirin? Or what was the other thing? Or there was something in the middle and then she says cocaine again. I don't remember, but it was funny. I'm not going to try it, but it was mm -hmm. funny. It was something that you wouldn't think yeah. to snort at all. Janet says, I'm Janet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Vicky and the demons. It's Vicky and Michael talking and they put in all this Vicky work. Vicky and the demons. And they don't know what to do anymore. They put in all this work and they feel like it's not working out for them. And like you said, every demon has a demand that they want met. They want bigger houses. They want better backstories. Gunner, I think it's, is it Gunner? <laughs> Gunner or, or Ted, one of the two. But he wants to bite and nibble on sleeping humans. <laughs> Vicky tells Michael that I have you in the palm of my hand. And Michael doesn't quite know it yet, but she's right. She does. Yeah. In this episode, even when it slows down a little to tell a, an actual episodic story, it's still so fast because then we cut right back to Mindy explaining all the times they've been there before and yeah. how sometimes Jason's there, sometimes Tahani and Jason are there, but it doesn't matter no matter what. They always do the same thing. Eleanor gets the idea to stay there, but then she decides she's got to go back and help people no matter what it is. And it usually involves formulating a plan against Michael, or sometimes they walk in on Mindy masturbating, or sometimes <laughs> she walks in on them while masturbating. Wow, she's so funny. I think those lines are just so like quick and easy, mm -hmm. but they they really play well. Megan Amram, great script. Really, mm -hmm. really good. Top really tier. Good. She talks at the same time as Chidi, which Chidi really hates. And so they don't end up formulating the same plan again, which is what she says at the same time as Chidi. She shows them on the back of a, a picture that she has all of their previous plans. So they don't do anything again. They can look at what they've done before. Do you think Mindy shows them that every time? I think since she made it, yes. But I think she probably didn't start making it right away. It took a little while. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Meanwhile, Michael tells Vicky to stick with the plan, that they're going to be heroes when this all works out, and that she could she could go on to win the Jared from Subway account because of this. <laughs> I don't know when the Jared thing was, but it wasn't that long before this. No, it was pretty recent. Community was making references to Jared, the Subway guy, in like 2014 or 2015. Mm -hmm. Then this is 2017, and things have changed. So somewhere in between there. It did have to be pretty recent. That's a pretty yeah. ballsy joke. I yeah, like it. I really like it. But Vicky doesn't think that Michael's going to pull this off anymore. So she doesn't care about the heroism. And she she says, and you can't pull off the bow ties either. Which, which really he's like, deep. he's like, that was that was mean. And it's <laughs> not true. Ted Danson. Yeah, it looked great in these episodes. She tells him that it doesn't matter what happens because they can just reboot the humans again. They can try her idea for a reboot, which which Michael stands back on. But Vicky says, no, no, reboot them. I'm going to do my idea. I've been planning it this whole time while you've been fucking everything up. And I mm -hmm. have this document of everything you've done, talking about Hamilton again, an itemized list of 30 years of disagreement. Sweet Jesus. Hey, I have not been shy. I am just a guy. You remember that part? Do I remember that part? Yes. That part? I think I'm familiar with Mr. Miranda's work. <laughs> Moana. <laughs> Moana. Make way, make way. Is Moana the one with a crab? 
the shiny crab. Yes. Crab the like shiny stuff. Have you seen Moana? Yeah, but just once and it's been a while. Oh, you suck. Watch Moana more. Moana's great. I've seen it. <laughs> Watch it again, Zach. Is Moana the it one was, with the great. crab? I wasn't sure if it was Moana or if it was that one turbo with the snail in the Indy 500. Snoop Dogg's in that movie. Seth Rogen is too, I think. Vicky has uh, Alexander Hamilton level list of disagreements between her and Michael and she's willing to show it to Sean unless Michael does what they want and it's really funny when Vicky says if you don't do what I say you're going down down under down under (laughs) meanwhile Jason wanders around he's like the only human that's not off doing something he's just like (laughs) left to explore and he finds Michael hey there Jason oh hey homie uh I mean Jason? Who is Jason? I am a monk. (laughs) So funny. Michael asks to bounce ideas off of him, and it's definitely a situation where Jason's just Michael's captive audience. He doesn't actually want any advice. He just wants someone that he can vent to. And he very, like, dejectedly says, oh, yeah, real quick, you're really in the bad place, and you're being tortured. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, Eleanor is suggesting that even though they threw Tahani under the bus in the past maybe this time they could throw her under a heavier bus they could throw her harder than before but gd <laughs> thinks this is pointless and talks about the philosophy the ethics and of the situation how they're just trapped in this thing that's going to happen again and again and again they're just destined to be trapped in this groundhog day loop which for someone like Chidi, who feels stuck in a loop all the time must be an absolute nightmare yeah So they fight over their intentions and their personalities and how they don't like each other. And Eleanor storms into the house to vent to Mindy about Chidi. But Mindy has seen this walk a bunch of times and explains to Eleanor that they've got it bad for each other. They've clearly Mm -hmm. got it bad. And this is the first time in a while that we've seen this side of Chidi and Eleanor's relationship. Yeah. And when the show first aired this episode, I think I remember the videotape scene being the one thing that I'm like, really, we're going here with that. But I do not feel that way anymore. I love it. Yeah. Eleanor protests. So Mindy puts in her copy of Cannonball Run 2. And Eleanor's like, what? I don't want to watch Cannonball Run 2. Okay, fine, I will. But what happened in the first one? So I remember. (laughs) But it's not Cannonball Run 2. It's a video of Chidi and Eleanor naked in bed together saying, I love you to each other. And Mm -hmm. the moment where Eleanor's like, I love you, but I know how hard this is for you. You don't have to. And Chidi just says, I love you right back. Easy. It takes the room. It takes the air out of the room. Yeah, it's great. Elnor's shocked by this. Especially because we saw two whole episodes of Chidi being unable to... Three! We've seen three episodes now where Chidi can't commit emotionally to Even anybody. Even when the perf- person seems perfect for him. Yeah. Yeah. Eleanor's shocked by this, too, because this is a big deal for her also. And she's shocked by how many times they've had sex when they come to Mindy's, but learns that this was the only time that they said, I love you to each other. Mindy uses the videos of them having sex for porn and then uses the video of them <laughs> saying, I love you for a cool down period. <laughs> so, Mindy's so gross. <laughs> it's always nice when sitcoms have like a female character be this weird and yeah. gross because it doesn't happen a lot. She's just so mm-hmm. depraved in a way. that. Well, I Mindy's really such funny. a good character because she was going to the bad place until... Yeah the posthumous points that she got. So it, she's just as debaucherous as Eleanor, if True. not worse. One of my favorite lines from The Good Place that I would have been able to quote before we did this podcast is Eleanor saying, I've only ever said I love you to two men my entire life. 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and a guy in a dark club who I mistook for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's such a great Kristen Bell delivery. Yeah, it is. And another kind of like the Janet and Michael moment earlier, one of the deepest lines in this episode is when Eleanor's like, I barely know Chidi. How can I mm -hmm. love him? And Mindy's saying, no, you may feel like you just met him, but you've known him for a really long time now. And that's like how this whole episode feels. What I was kind of saying earlier, that even if they don't know they've done these things before, they've known each other for 800 versions of something at this yeah. point. And of course, they're going to keep falling to each other in this way. And I think it's a really deep moment from a character like Mindy St. Clair. Yeah, I think that's a line that I was alluding to earlier that it carries so much weight because they have yes. known each other for a long time. I mean, let's say that by the time they're at this point, every attempt is going 100 days at least. That's years and years and years and years worth of time spent close together. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Eleanor comes up with a plan all of a sudden after Mindy says something along the lines of, if Michael finds out, he'll just reboot you. That gets Eleanor to rush off and grab Chidi and Janet and the tape. And she rushes off with his plan. And Mindy, when she's like, oh no, that's my only copy. Oh wow. <laughs> Chidi talks about the plan while they're on the train, but Eleanor is distracted. She's mm -hmm. ruminating on this new emotional development that she has that she wasn't expecting and that she's yeah. trying to figure out what to do with it. She has this knowledge that Chidi doesn't know and Chidi's there talking to her while she's like thinking, how do I feel about this guy? Chidi knows that they've been to Mindy's 16 times and brings up here that he doesn't know how many times they didn't make it to Mindy's. How many times yeah. have they been rebooted? It could be dozens. It could be hundreds. It's very confounding. And, and this kind of makes Eleanor feel a little bit better that oh, we've done this hundreds of times. So of course, one of mm -hmm. the times I love Chidi, I'm good. I'm not vulnerable. Yeah. I'm fine. She feels better now that she knows everything is meaningless, which makes Chidi feel strange. But I kind of vibe with that a little bit. I sure. find my spirituality and meaning in the fact that everything being the way that it is for me is kind of a coincidence kind mm -hmm. of in that everything everywhere all at once way where of all of the the paths my life could have taken of all of the people that came together to create me in one way or another i find spirituality in that and like the mm -hmm. meaninglessness of things coming together meanwhile michael is confiding in jason and weighing out his options but he doesn't really feel like he has any options the more that he talks about it and Jason gives him a speech, a pep talk that starts with Jason saying, you're saying a lot of words right now. And I only know some of them like rat and Jason. And, Jason. <laughs> and Michael also has a good, I, it's a good pairing of characters here. We don't see a oh, lot yeah. of just Michael and Jason interacting. It's a great duo. Another. But when Michael says, I know everything that happened in your life and it was all stupid. <laughs> so I highly doubt you have anything you can tell me. But he does. He tells the ballad of his dance crew, Dance Dance Resolution, that he had with his friend Donkey Doug. I feel like this is the first time we hear Donkey Doug's name, is it? Is that our first mention of Donkey Doug? Yeah. I won't wow. Oh, because we, we've heard all Pillboy. I won't spoil it, but do you remember what Donkey Doug- I do Doug... remember Don who Donkey Doug is. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So he and his it friend- It makes the story even better. <laughs> Donkey Doug are both in this dance crew, and then Donkey Doug breaks off of it to start hashtag Doug life, his dance <laughs> So the two dance crews duel and Jason and his team have to really reach down deep and bring it all out for the performance, which involves slashing all their tires uh, in hashtag Doug Life's team. And that's what got them the win because they played dirty. But well, I think uh, that's the joke, Zach, is they yeah. don't have the dance battle. They just at 12 
midnight yes. sharp they show up to slash their tires not to dance i think that's right. so funny it is funny and i love how he ends it too saying it was dope the it end was dope by jason mendoza by jason mendoza and michael actually gets something from this and thanks yeah. him for the advice and leaves another really funny jason line this episode gives us a lot of good jason moments mm-hmm. for being so all over the place when he's like i give good advice I guess that's why I'm in the good place. Literally just <laughs> after he's been talking about how he's being tortured with Michael for a long time. Last scene of the Jason truly has no idea what the hell's going on at any moment. It's so funny. Someone says that at one point in the Mindy episode. does. She's like, when they're going totally through the things in, in Jason's like pan, he's like, that guy has no clue what's going on. He has on. no clue what's going on. <laughs> but he does everything with such kind eyes that it's endearing mm-hmm. and sweet and stupid. Last scene of the episode, Michael walks in to the humans ready to confront him. And it's really fun to watch Ted Danson's demeanor as Michael in this episode because he's laughing at their futile attempt to work against him. But now this time in kind of a, like I see you guys as sad puppies now. Mm. He's like laughing at them, but there's a little more of a warmness behind the the chuckle at them. Cause he's like, yeah, of course, this is what you guys have been up to while I've been gone. Let me blow this up for you real quick. Yeah. Tahani saying stuff like, I know everything. I don't understand most of it, but I know it. (laughs) And Eleanor makes a good point. She says that they're winning because even if they get rebooted, even if they keep losing, they have the power because they keep figuring it out no matter how Michael does it. And and they think this is their moment to fight back with him. And Michael says, you're right. You guys are totally right. I'm on your side now. He's like, I'm with you guys. I'm a, we're on the same page. Like, which really confuses Eleanor. And Michael says, you know how Jason Mendoza said, I need a new dance crew. (laughs) Last line of the episode is Michael saying, so what do you say? New best friends. Eleanor slaps away. Jason, who's giving a thumbs up to Michael after he said, (laughs) it's a moment that is a cliffhanger in a different way because it's a funny cliffhanger because it's kind of like, Oh, Okay, that's out of left field. And it brings this episode that can't be stopped for the full 20 minutes, even the 24-minute version that I have. It just does not stop. It does not let up the pace. And then it just halts with this, I guess, what are they going to do now? But you do kind of know what they're going to do now this time is that it's going to be Michael and the humans versus the demons. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this, about the end of the episode, about the episode as a whole now that we've dug into it? I think it's great. I think it's one of the best episodes we've covered so far. Is it the um, best or is it still the Eternal Shriek? For me, I think the Eternal Shriek is a little bit funnier, yes. but not by much. I agree with you, I think. that mm-hmm. The Eternal Shriek is a little bit funnier, but this episode is so desperately important to the series yeah. that I do think I'm willing to put it as my number one. It'd be tough for me, but it's definitely in my top two, maybe number one. So what do you say? Good place, bad place? You ready to talk some good Yeah, place, let's bad do place? it. Let's talk it. Let's start I, with I was pretty place. confident in my good place this week, but but bad place wise, it's, I had to do a little more thinking, but I still am happy with where I landed. What about you, Zach? Bad place is going to be Mindy St. Clair. I considered that just because she should be a little bit more empathetic and helpful to these people that are so clearly trapped in something so awful that she Mm -hmm. has some agency in and some knowledge that they don't have. in. she gives it all very begrudgingly. She's very annoyed by them. I don't know. It's another one of those episodes where it would be easy to give it to Michael. But I do Mm -hmm. think I'm going to give it to Mindy St. Clair because she has agency. She could have made better choices than what she did here. So I'm going to talk through my choice a little bit because my first thought was Mindy. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Mindy does 
show the videotape. She does have the plan that she made for them. You know, she does enough things that it balances out her demeanor. I don't know, but she kind of does it more for herself than for them. It's like you guys do this and I'm sick of it. So here's all the stuff so I can be away from it and don't have to. You know what I mean? It sure Sure. helps them, but it's kind of just to make it easier for herself. Well, I guess then that's 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 a Chidi's philosophy corner question is, you know, she's doing good, but she's doing it maybe with not bad intentions, but selfish intentions in mind. But does that that make it not a good action? Yeah, that that is. Who's your Um, other thought? My other thought was Michael, but I think Michael's second half of the episode, him talking to Jason and the ending where he tries to make up be friends that cancels him out for me. So I ended up giving it to Eleanor because I thought she was kind of mean. This Pause week. before you explain because I want to counter to your Michael thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's another case of the stuff that he does. He would never have done it if it wasn't to dig himself out of a hole that he can't get out of. Yeah. So I don't think that's really that many good points for Michael at all. Yes, but it does prevent him it from being everything. so bad that he gets the bad place vote Agreed. for me. Now let's hear it. Eleanor, you think she's so mean? So Eleanor, because I think she's mean to Tahani at the beginning by calling her a mean giraffe. That's not but a Tahani nice was being double mean to her before that about the sash and her chin bloat. Yes, but if somebody's mean to you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek yeah. so they can smack you again, not call them a mean giraffe. Okay. I also think that she is consistently, every time she meets Chidi, makes a rude judgment on him. That's true. She also is is rude to Chidi when they're in Mindy Sinclair's place, and she's like, I hate Chidi. He sucks. He's a stupid, dumb nerd. So for me, Eleanor gets my bad place. She doesn't really do anything egregious, but she is kind of mean-spirited for a lot of the episode. I hear what you're saying, and I feel like I have counterpoints, but I'm not going to drag us all through mm-hmm. all my counterpoints. I feel like I, I still feel good that I went with Mindy Sinclair, mm-hmm. but I see where you're coming from. Good place. Confidently this week. Sure. Give it to, I don't mention to Janet. Okay. Confidently give it to Jason this week. Okay. I think that Jason was really funny throughout the episode. He figured it out one of the times. That's pretty good of him. Mm-hmm. And he helps Michael with advice. He is, I don't know. I, I I gave it to Jason this week. He was my shining little bright boy star. I'm going to pull a rug and I'm going to give it to Vicky. I, for, okay, I'll take for, that. For standing, standing up, up against a we like unions, inappropriate boss. We yeah. like unions. We, we like, like unions. when the workers realize their power over the bosses. Uh, and again, I'm able to look at the demons from the perspective of they know nothing else than to do this job. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to Vicky this time. A couple good place points for the just following for orders, right, Zach? Yeah, just following orders, boss. <laughs> But enough about Nazi Germany. Let's talk about <laughs> how f- much fun it's been to talk about this episode this week. How glad we are that you joined us. And that we hope you join us again next week, Monday, May 15th, both for our new Good Place episode, talking about episode four of season two, Team Cockroach, and for our Zach and Steven Not Ones live stream, spicy, Hot One spicy, spicy, spicy event. You can find that wherever you find us next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube, on our Twitter, on our Facebook. You can watch us for free for our 100th You Can't Disappreciate show. But if you want to support us and see even more, including two exclusive live streams on that same night, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Support the show starting at five bucks. Get all of our content. Listen to the That 70 Show podcast every Thursday. And for free, every Thursday, Brokeback Bebop, our Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast, still going strong. All kinds of Zach and Steven every week. But if you want even more, Steven, where can they 
find us. Well, if you want to get it right on attempt number one, nice. make sure you come follow us. Thank you. Over at Twitter and Instagram. Over on Twitter and Instagram at Time Knife Pod. That's where we are. Come find us there. We're also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Look at us. We're here. Whoa. Right. We have nice body parts. We can see um, you too. Yeah, search the name. We, we always <laughs> come search the name of the show into the Time Knife. See the video companion. See what Zach's got going on. Always something zany popping off behind his head. I've Come always back got for some that sort of anime reaction of oh, on display. That's what the people I listen to every week look like. Not yeah. what I expected. Mm-mm. That's how it always goes. So join us on YouTube <laughs> to have that. Yeah, come check it out. Well, I think that does it. It's been a really fun episode. Like I said, we'll be back next week for Team Cockroach. And for our live stream next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. But until then, Steven, get us out of here. All right, mate. From inside the time knife, Black Lives Matter. I'm Didgeri Zach. I'm Didgeri Steven. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Goodbye. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Crikey. I can't believe it, friends.